The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Newey Scruggs. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a beautiful, beautiful morning here in the DFW Metroplex. It's your boy, Barry Church. That's your average box safety. <laughs> Over here, joined as usual by the ultimate survivor, the cook himself. I seen you on Instagram cooking it up. You look, oh, yeah, it, yeah. it looks pretty good over there. Yeah, a little gumbo. A little Danny gumbo. McCray in the house as well. Our uh, other counterpart, Newey Scruggs, is uh, on assignment. Big time. Big time. He's, he's, he's big covering time. the Super Bowl. So, you know, he's, he's left us hanging there over here in the SWBC <laughs> studios. But but once again, this is the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. And, Danny, I'm going to just jump right into it because uh, it, it's been on my mind. It's been on my mind these, <laughs> this, these past couple hours. And it's just, for what, what did we see yesterday? And I'm talking about the Pro Bowl here. Like, when we was growing up, you know, Sean Taylor was playing in there, smacking punters. You had guys giving effort, tackling. Guys were really trying to go out there and win the MVP of this game and show what they really have and give the fans uh, what they want. But... Yesterday, I mean, I, I've seen walkthroughs more intense than that. I mean, it, it, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this Pro Man, Bowl situation? Look, I didn't. Let me tell you something. Me turning on the Pro Bowl would have been something that you should all be surprised about. <laughs> one because, one because you already know you are, bro. You are a former player. Okay, yeah, yeah. let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. If you go out there and you get hurt. In the Pro Bowl and have to miss an extended period of time, you are gonna look like a straight up that's butthole. You gonna be like, true. man, like what? What was I thinking? Yeah. Like what was I thinking? Like why did I go out there? Was it worth it for me to go out there? You you're not making your full check, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. You out there really to have a good time and celebrate the fact that you played well enough and, and people respected your game well enough to get you voted into mm-hmm. there. I'm not going out there to get hurt. <laughs> I, talking about old school, and then I, I seen the old school dude. They mad, you know, back in the day when I was, yeah, man, yeah, that's old school dudes usually stuck in old school, what, stuck in their ways. What, what they, what they not, what they not, uh, what they're not seeing is. These dudes know each other more than those old school dudes knew each other, right? Yeah. Like, dudes are working out together, they taking trips together, they on Instagram media, going back yeah. and forth. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of these dudes. Are more than just associates. This ain't their first time meeting each other. Like mm-hmm. they know each other. So yeah, they not gonna go they out here and talk. <laughs> what, what are we talking about, bro? They 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 got other stuff to do. So should we should, should the should the league switch it up? Should they switch it up to like a, a flag football or like a, you know something like that? I feel like it'd be a little bit more juice to it if that was the case. But I mean, we're seeing guys out there. They was they was catching the ball on the flats, doing a little one two, and then all right, let's tag them off. Let's just I just. I, what's the point of playing the game? It's bro, but the game is just a, it's, it is not a football game. All right, so look, they, they should they should just, they should find a different way to market it. It's not a football game. Dudes ain't about to go out there and get tackled, so mm-hmm. you can be mad that you accidentally hurt your hurt your partner. He supposed to be working out in March. Like it just it just I understand and, that and, part. And, and, the, and the moment that it happens, then somebody's gonna be like, oh man, that's crazy, man. But he yeah. went out there and played for the Pro Bowl, so. <laughs> So you said it's similar to to college kids opting out of the out of their bowl games when they're not in the in the college football playoff. Absolutely, listen, they better be looking them dudes showed up. Uh, There's it, it's a lot of dudes who who were supposed to show up and they're like, nah, I'm good, bro. So would you rather them like do that? Or would you rather them show up and still give the fans a little something to watch? Or you just be, or you just want everybody to be like, "Hey, man, I ain't doing it. I'm a Pro Bowl guy. I'm yeah. staying at home. I'm not. I'm not going out to Vegas and do all that all that crazy." I'm with you on that one because I understand. You know, they, the NFL. They, you know, they they want to market their brand out there, so they want to have the fans enjoy it. They don't want the fans go home and say, "Man, what did I waste my money on this?" But you know, I get it from the players' perspective as well. Like you said, you, you can't. You know, what if you go out there and tear an ACL? I mean, it's so late in the season. It's after the season, so you wouldn't be ready again until maybe midway through the next season so I understand why the players you know take it lax and don't really show any effort out there I understand that case but to me I'm just like why why even have the game just yeah, no. make it like a flag football tournament, seven on seven, or something like that, you know, and and, and that at least have a little bit more excitement than going out there and playing two hand so, touch, fully padded. So, th- so I, that, I think it's an NFL problem. But then yeah. you also, because I, I got to keep on going on, because I seen all the old school dudes hating. I yeah, say, there's, right. a lot, there's a lot of hate so, going on. So, this, hate. so this year specifically, dudes that played seventeen games. All right, yeah. some of these dudes. Got eliminated and didn't even make the playoffs. So they at home on the couch chilling with <laughs> their family. You know they ain't working out. You know you what know I'm saying? And then you like, all right, listen, 
hey, make sure you stay in shape because you got that Pro Bowl game coming up where where the film don't matter. You know what I'm saying? The actual winning and losing, it don't matter. Only reason they don't they don't complain about that in the NBA uh, is because one is in the middle of the season. These mm-hmm. dudes still have they in shape. They still have to go out and play afterwards. And then they only play hard in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But All-Star Weekend is set up so differently to where it's like a, a, a real a true celebration. And Pro Bowl is just probably like the season over with. Like, yeah. Think about the dudes who were done in December, like January 9th. Like, bro, so a month later, I got to go out here and do what? So should, should they put some incentive on the game? Like, you know, I know it's after the season, so it's not like they can say, you know, whatever side wins, you know, the NFC gets, you know, home field advantage or whatever. You can't really do that because, um, you know, it's, it's not in the middle of the season. So should they put some type of incentive, like maybe money-wise, maybe, you know, draft pick-wise? I don't know. I don't know because they got to make the game. Because I mean, right now, there's no point in watching. It's done. It's, it's a different what, what you saw <laughs> is what you're going to get, okay? The, the people who really get something out of the Pro Bowl are yeah. the people who actually went to Vegas. The fans who went out there and they were able to watch the skills and drills and get the autographs from the guys mm-hmm. that they wanted. Those are the people who are really getting something out of it. All yeah. right? it, it, it's, I don't think there's anything you can do about Imagine it. Imagine going, like you, you're, a, you're a gambler. You're in, a, in Vegas. You gamble on the game. I think they're going, and then you see the effort that they're putting out there. Ooh! You, yeah, you, you're a bad gambler. If that's what, if, that you, was, <laughs> if you was going out there to bet on the Pro Bowl, knowing, like this ain't the first time them dudes was out there playing like that. All right? Nah, nah. You, Like the, the like remembering what Sean Taylor did, if that stuff happened today, dudes would be in some serious trouble, bro. Yeah. There'd be some real <laughs> beef going on if somebody went out there and smacked the receiver coming it's across the middle. Sean Taylor smacked Brent, yeah. Brent Anger. Come yeah, on. bro, come on, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this ain't, it, ain't, it ain't the same. It, it ain't, ain't the same. Ain't the same. <laughs> Old school dudes, it ain't the same. Y'all was out there wilding. The young, the young, we work smarter, not, not harder, hard. all right? All these dudes, they at home, they healthy. <laughs> they healthy. They, they healthy. with their family. They not in the hospital walking around because they tore ACL or mm-hmm. ruptured Achilles out here going hard for a Pro Bowl game. And actually, in the grand scheme of things, the game doesn't mean anything to their – like, they already made it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? They're, they're a Pro Bowl yeah, player. You're good. And, and, by the way, the uh, the winning team gets 80K each. Okay, so they get a little incentive And, and then the losing team gets 40. It's a little incentive there's, there's there. a little – These are, I mean, bro, these are Pro Bowl players, bro. dollars is nothing. Yeah, that's – yeah. <laughs> these they, are, yeah, these dudes taxes, got fined like, oh, 80 grand. <laughs> They got five eighty grand. You know what I'm saying? You need to play for your off-season adventures. You know what I'm saying? Okay. How about this? How about this? So now, so now you get a workout bonus for two hundred thousand, but now you can't even show up to workout because you made eighty. So you you in the whole one twenty? You in the whole one twenty? You can't you can't even show up, and now you might lose your spot. Because you, you see boys get Wally Pipped out hey, here. These left days. and right. Let's left and right, people get Wally Pipped. Don't, don't let it be you. Exactly. Hey, the skills competition was more competitive. Exactly. Exactly, CB. So before we dive into, you know, Dan Quinn and the comments Jerry made, let's talk about this skills competition. Because that's what I watched, to be honest. Once I turned on the real Pro Bowl game, I was like, man, you know, I ain't watching it. Ain't so the skills challenge. We had two of our guys competing. I think it was the fastest man competition. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was 40 yards. I don't know what they were racing. It was a 40. It was a 40. It was a 40. So the two players we had in there, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. And the other two were the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill, and uh, Nick Chubb, the running back out of Cleveland. Now, going into this, I know Micah Parsons ran what? He ran like a 4-3-something in at the combat. So I know he was going to show out. We know the type of guy he is. He's a competitor. Anytime there's some type of competitive juices going on, he, he wants all a part of it. He's a young guy. He's a young guy. Exactly. Okay, exactly. exactly. He's you a saw, young guy. You saw what did. Yes. He's a young <laughs> that guy. That would have been my approach as well. Yeah. So going into that, you saw what the guy was able to do in that 40-yard dash. Does that further cement him as being one of the most explosive players Especially being a rookie in the National Football League, I mean, he was. Able, I know Tyreek didn't really try like that. He came out the the blocks jog and he had his full suit on, so he really wasn't going like that. But Diggs and Chubb, they were trying, and that's a corner and that's a running back going against a linebacker slash defensive end. Did it further solidify anything for you in that in that regard? No, sir. I mean, four three is four three. It don't matter what position you play. All right. So once once he cemented the fact that he was running that fast. I wasn't surprised that he was there. Well, I, I also wasn't surprised that Tyree Hill didn't sprint. Like I yeah. said, Tyree Hill is a vet in the game. He got nothing to prove. You could turn the film on and see how fast this dude is. <laughs> all right? You could, all you got to do is turn it on and see him waving at dudes, breaking ankles. You don't uh, think Parsons ankles. could touch it? Even if, let's just say, Tyreek tried. Like, I'm really in these boxes. I'm really getting out. You think Parsons would have had any chance? 
to beat him, nah. Not yeah, I, 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 I don't think it would have been a blowout of a race, but yeah. nah, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill. I, the race I would like to see is Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase. That would have been just, a good one. Just, just, just game film, game speed. Those are two dudes when you turn the film on and you watch how they just defeat angles of guys. That's the thing. And, they, and, and, and you, you're like, them dudes ain't slow. No, nah, <laughs> them nah. Them dudes ain't slow. Safety, <laughs> corners and safety, they're, they're not, not slow, slow at all. And, this, and that's what it got, like you said. They're erasing angles out there. Like, you see, I see, I watched on that, uh, I think it was, they played Cincinnati the first time during the regular season. I think it was week 17. And, um, what's the, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was the, the playoff game against the Bills. And Tyreek Hill caught that overtime pass or whatever. My man literally was piecing dudes out. They were five yards ahead of him. So, and he was piecing them out five yards behind him, knowing he was going to erase that angle. I mean, that's pure speed. And then, like you said, Jamar Chase, the way he's a, his ability to just gain ground on people, it's remarkable. That would have been a hell of a race to check but, out. And, and th- listen, this is how you know dudes is fast, right? Mm-hmm. If your coach does not yell at you on the sideline when you're getting burnt out there, <laughs> anytime Tyreek Hill line up at number three in a closed formation with a tight end and he runs that over route, you can automatically assume that he's going to be open because yeah. nobody can run, you know, step for step with him. Nah. And then the coach is just like, dang. That egg go again. Go. He, you can't. You can't. You just can't get him on the ground. Yeah, you, you can't coach. You can't coach the dude to nah, run faster, right? If the if the D line don't get there, Tyreek Hill is able to outrun anybody who's covering him. Yeah. So that's how you know dudes is fast when the coach is like, "Man, I got nothing." You remember we used to be like called the hamstring busters. Oh man. <laughs> 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 who used to be the hamstring buster on a uh, McCann? Brian McCann. McCann. Yep. You, you have, that means your, your hammies are gone if you try to chase that man. That was, it was a hamstring wrap. Coach Baker used to be like, hey, man, y'all make sure y'all stress for y'all get out there on that field today <laughs> because I'm telling you, dudes is coming, okay? Play play 10 yards off, play 12 yards, whatever you got to do to make sure this dude don't get past you because you know he's just that fast. Yeah, that dude's a hamstring buster. <laughs> he's a hamstring buster. All right, now, but before we take our first break, you know, we got a couple minutes before that first one, let's dive into a little bit more Cowboys football. Let's get a little bit more deeper into this. Now, you know, with all the reports going out there, Miami doesn't have their, their head coach hired. I forget his name. Mike McDaniels, I think oh, his name. The multiracial dude? Yeah. Oh, that is. <laughs> Yeah. Why couldn't they just say my radar? The multi-radar. I ain't going to lie to you. Man. I ain't going to dive into it. But look, look, hey, man, look at the picture. Look at the picture. I said, wait, what? Look at the picture. You identify as whatever you want to, whatever. Everybody got that right, I guess. I don't know. But, <laughs> just look at the picture. Huh? That ain't the problem. Okay. They talking about black coaches. I don't care. They talking about specifically black coaches. And the reason they talking about black coaches is because most of the league is black. Okay. That's what we talking about. All right. So just, but whatever. Yeah, they hired him. They hired him. So Miami got their guy. And I don't know if Kellen has anything else lined up around the league as far as interviewing process, not sure. But from all, you know, from what it looks like, the guy might be coming back to Dallas, or he is coming back to Dallas. Do you feel like bringing him back as that offensive coordinator, do you feel like that makes this team that much better? Better than who? Better just as overall, just having him back in, on this offensive scheme or whatever offense we've been running these past couple couple years, do you think that – Bringing him back is the right thing for the Cowboys. Yeah, it was the last few years, and it ain't been good, okay? It was the last few, okay? The year before Dak got paid, this was the year when Dak was on my fantasy team, mm-hmm. and he was getting nothing but trash yards. We came here every week. We was like, oh, trash yards. We know if Dak had 10 points in the first half, it didn't matter because yep. he was going to get 25 in the second because they was going to be a slow-starting team who had to come back, and they still didn't have a good record, yeah, all right? they didn't. Before he got hurt, that next year – we were almost losing to Atlanta <laughs> with a watermelon kick. We it were was. turning the ball over like crazy. We were not on pace to be a Super Bowl winning team or one of those offenses to where they are electric from start to finish. It was mm-hmm. like we got to claw ourselves back in it. Same thing we saw this year. When you played against some good competition or the further that you got into the season, when you had to start switching stuff up because those de- defensive coordinators are able to see what you're doing, mm-hmm. we were not able to be successful. So the only thing that can make this be a success with Kellen Moore coming back is if he goes, and this is no pun intended, if he goes in the lab. You go, uh, we go, another coach going into the lab. Bro, <laughs> he got to go into the lab, bro, and he got to sit back. He got to go in there. First, he need to look in the mirror and say, listen, whatever I did or whatever I'm doing with this specific quarterback is not working how it should be working, mm-hmm. right, with the weapons that we have. Then go in the lab with Dan Quinn and figure out how you can scheme up some other stuff, how you can get your guys in one-on-one position to say that I'm better than this guy and I'm going to beat him on the slant. I'm going to beat him on the face. Some of those Dez Bryant plays, some, yeah. some of that. Like, mine is better than yours, and, and, and we're going to toss it up and see who can 
get it. Okay. Go in the lab, see if you can get that done, maximize the potential of your star players, and then I think I think the sky's the limit for us. But if you continue to be able to to let defenses dictate what you're going to mm-hmm. run based off what they scheme and what they show and how they disguise. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. I mean, I'm with you on that one because the guy, you know, credit to this guy. He did have the number one offense, you know, throughout the regular season. Um, but that didn't correlate to more wins. You know, we got to the dance and we weren't able to get over the hump. We weren't able to go out there and get the W against the San Francisco 49ers. And a lot of that has got to be on the offensive side of the football because defense, you know, they you know. The 49ers were able to run the football on us. They scored on the first four possessions. But the defense in the second half, they held their own. They gave us an opportunity to go out there and win the game. You know, offensively, we just weren't able to get out of that slump. It just seems like we weren't able to get out of our way, whether it's, you know, penalties, um, the defense just figuring us out, not not enough creativity, whatever the case may be, uh, we weren't able to get over that hump offensively. And that was supposed to be a strength, especially coming into this season, how loaded we are. We were supposed to have the 3,000-yard receivers. We got a $90 million back in the backfield and a great compliment back to him and Tony Pollard. Got the tight tight end situation, offensive line. Um, It's not the best as it it was in the past, but it's definitely nowhere, you know, as bad as Cincinnati's offensive line is so we had no excuses out there yet through the beginning of the season it was all up oh man Dak's throwing the ball over the place you know this offense is clicking on all cylinders we had two running backs in the top 10 uh, rushing for the for the national football league the receivers are happy everything's going great and then that calf injury happened and he missed two games and then after that that slump happened and it just seemed like we weren't able to get out of our own way and like I said I don't know if that was creativity wise you know defense is just kind of getting the tape on Kellen and figuring out how to slow him down offensively or what the case may be but in your opinion what does this offense need to do next year to be able to be I mean I know they were the number one offense this year but to at least get that number one offense and have wins to back it up as well I, well, I think you should not be focusing on being a number one offense I mm-hmm. think you should be focusing on being a balanced offense with an identity you need to find a way to when you're building this team for next year and you're putting it together to say this is what our identity is going to be mm-hmm. right I'm going to go back to when we had the offensive line Nobody had a question of what our identity was when we had Tyron Smith and we had Travis Frederick and you had Zach Mar. It was no question. Mm-hmm. Every defense that we played knew exactly what they was going to get for 60 minutes on Sunday. You was going to have to see them dudes. Mm-hmm. You was going to have to see Zeke. You was yeah. going to have to see DeMarco. And then you was going to have to – Dez was going to be in a one-on-one, yeah. right? Oh, you yeah. knew exactly what was going to happen, and they couldn't stop it. Nah, so couldn't. the number one thing you need to do, you need to find a way to, to, to find some balance, get some identity – so your team knows exactly who they are while they're going through the season because nobody knew what we were. Do you think like this – so do you think the offense is trying to feature a strength that really isn't a strength? You know, they trying I – know, I know Dak Prescott's a hell of a quarterback. He's a hell of a player. I wouldn't call him elite or anything like that, but he's a hell of a player. Do you think what we're doing offensively is just trying to highlight him too much instead of being more of that balanced, you know, highlight Zeke a little bit here, not put everything on Dak Prescott's shoulders? Do you think that might be some of the – disconnect here between being a number one offense and not correlating the victories? Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm just going to say I, I believe that it is, I want to say overthinking, mm-hmm. but it's getting close to overthinking. Of like how how can we draw up the play and make sure the read happens perfectly every time to where you have to hit the right person every single time versus mm-hmm. sometimes you got to throw some contested balls. I mean, these dudes got to make some contested catches. Yeah. Sometimes the hole is going to be clogged up, but you got a $90 million guy back there. You got Tony Pollard back there. Yeah. Sometimes the that player happens. is going to have to make that play, right? It yeah. doesn't have to be perfect every time, but you have to get these dudes involved in the game so they can show you why they are special. Right now, yeah. we're not letting dudes show why they're special. we just letting dudes <laughs> run routes, and then if they open based off whatever the defense gives you, then that's what they got. But that's not why you pay dudes. Yeah. That ain't why you pay Amari Cooper a million. I mean, hundred million. You pay him a hundred million because you know that if he lines up one on one, that he can route this dude up mm-hmm. and he should be open. Yeah. You pay Zeke ninety million because you know if you give him twenty carries, your record is almost four to one yeah. on Dubs. <laughs> Hell of that's, a lot better. <laughs> that's why you paying this dude ninety million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. When when Ezekiel Elliott was out, when he was suspended up six games, mm-hmm. why did we feel like the season was over? Because he was that guy. He was, <laughs> he was that identity. That guy, was right? Identity. identity, and we we just don't have that right now. Oh Zeke, oh uh, yeah, yeah, he passed blocking and he he doing good and nobody. I, what? <laughs> Don't want a pass blocker. We want to run what? it back in the uh, back. $90 million. No, yeah, run the ball, bro. What are mm-hmm. you doing? Zeke is special. He can still be special. But if you don't give him the opportunity, like Jerry said, yeah, you're going to waste a career. Right. You are going to continue to – you're going to waste Tony Pollard's career. You're going to waste Zeke's career. 
Coop, uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with Coop this year and mm-hmm. all these other guys, but you, yeah, you, you put in some money on some guys and you're going to be like, man, my ROI just did not come back. It didn't come back at all. All right, well, we're going to take our first break here. This is at the uh, SWBC studios here at the Star. When we get back, we're going to dive into a little bit of these free agents or who's going to stay, who's not. Amari Cooper, D-Law, also comments what Jerry said about um, bringing back uh, defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. And we also have the great, the legendary Will McClay, the one that's been hitting on all of these draft picks these past couple years. We'll have him in the studio probably around our third segment but this will be our first break this is uh players lounge brought to you by hotels.com here at the swbc studios at smoothie king we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals smoothie king uses only whole fruits and organic veggies you'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors colors or preservatives and unlike some other smoothie places there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Back to the Players' Lounge. Back here at our SWBC studios, this is the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. And, Danny, you know I use Hotels.com to, you know, get my mountain trip situated. So, yeah, they get me uh, right, oh, man. Did they so, take birthday? They took care of you? Yeah, they took care of me, man. So, make sure if you if you traveling within, you know, anywhere within the United States, Hotels.com. They'll I get need you that, right. I man. need the Barry Church code, though, because I you know need. your code is a little different. Yeah, than mine. It's about the same. <laughs> it's about the same. Let me get the promo code. <laughs> Let me get that promo code, It's bro. about the same, but... Uh, CB, uh, he got a, he got a little bit of uh, Jerry's audio that we're going to listen to here about uh, Dan Quinn and bringing him back to this Cowboys organization. I know my boy Danny over here is excited <laughs> about it. So, CB, can you uh, roll that audio for us, please? What we really did the hard work on was to maintain Dan Quinn. And uh, I felt that that had a lot of, of uh, uh, different va- uh, different things and advantages. And I mentioned that I was so pleased with how uh, we had stayed in communication with Dan, stayed in communication with his representatives, and how uh, 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 Mike uh, had uh, spent time and had his calls talking to him because all of us wanted Dan to stay. That was a key to our our continuity here well you heard it here first (laughs) or or you heard it at that interview but you know i know you're excited about this danny i know you're excited because you was beating down the walls before anybody beat down the walls about bringing dan quinn back to this cowboys organization or just bringing him here in general so what are your thoughts on the cowboys bringing dan quinn back as their defensive coordinator even though he was one of the hottest candidates in the league this offseason as far as getting a new head coaching job uh I, I, so so far definitely the, the biggest move of of the offseason okay. um and depending on who you can get in the draft, it might continue to be the biggest move <laughs> of the offseason. Uh, I think what we missed in that video was Jerry Jones saying, kind of insinuating that guys like to stay here in Dallas, especially when they assume that they may be 
a potential head coach oh, you for about the him? Dallas Cowboys. Oh, for the yes. Dallas Cowboys. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. So guys, hold on now. Guys, it's guys, guys have that, that 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 kind of idea of like, hey, man, I want to be in Dallas. There's a potential for me to be a head coach. And he wants guys to think that, right? He mm. wants guys to think that. So you got last week you had Sean Payton, you know, all that talk yeah. about Sean Payton. Mm. Now you got this talk about my man Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that Kellen Moore is not – in the running to be the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> we That's don't know a, that yet. We don't know. Oh, I know. Oh, you know for sure. Huh? Oh, I know. You got Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn up here. There is no way there's an elevation of Kellen Moore over Dan Quinn. That's for, true. For head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But no, nah, I love it, man. Uh, to you know, in all seriousness or mm-hmm. whatever, Kellen Moore. I don't have no issue with the dude. It's just all seriousness. <laughs> yeah. They're poke, uh-huh. they're poke, just poke. I don't. I don't know him. You know, play with him. I don't know the dude. But um, I think it's great. I think Michael. I think it's going to help the. Uh, Help Michael Parsons continue to be a better player. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on what we do with Tank, I think if Tank gets a full year under Dan Quinn, you will see a much better Tank. When he came back, mm-hmm. he looked like a totally different player than what he was last year. He did. Uh, depending on what you do with Randy, depending on how many tools you give this dude, you see he could make some noise. And that was just his first year That's where you've seen him, you know, they chopped it in half pretty much. Of Like, we were the worst. All of a sudden, we floating around the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Next year, if you give the dude the tools, then you should be able to get up into that top 10 defense, and I'll be asking for my bet back. I don't know about top 10. I don't know. This defense will definitely get better. I'll be asking for my bet back. We're we going to see. We're going to see. But I'm with you on this regard. You know, I think, you know, Dan Quinn last year was definitely one of the biggest free agent, you know, acquisitions we got, if we can call it that. And I think it's, it, it definitely proved dividends for this defense overall last year. And then bringing him back in that same type of defensive coordinator role um, to me is important because, you, like you said, he got the most out of all his players. Because pretty much a lot of those players that were on that historically bad defense in 2020, we're a part of this 2021-2022 season, and they played extremely well. I'm talking about Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis. Look at what Diggs did out there. Um, they were able to play extremely well out there. Even LVE, he came back and had one of his bounce-back years. Um, he wasn't back to his Pro Bowl caliber, but he was definitely a solid player out there. So I think Dan Quinn definitely got the most out of all his players out there production-wise. And another year under that system, they could be even better. I'm not sure what we're going to do with D-Law and those other guys and a lot of free agents on the defensive side of the football, but bringing back Dan Quinn definitely definitely um, will prove dividends for this defense I mean when you got guys like you know curse coming in here KZ uh, Brent Urban you got a couple guys that you know not really big known guys around the NFL but he was able to go out there and turn curse who basically in Detroit and Minnesota was you know a special teams guy he played defense sparingly here and there he turned that guy into one of the better safeties in the National Football League you know I don't know if it was just his system or however he used them, but the guy was definitely highly productive out there as a safety. You look at KZ, he was able to do some pretty good things, even though he needs to work on his angles in the back end, but that's a story for another day. Um, You got this defensive line who he works extensively with. You know, D-Law, Urban, Odigizua, you know, Gallimore, Randy Gregory, he works with those guys on an everyday basis, and he got them flying around. He had them flying around, as well as Aiden. He's their defensive line coach out there. He had those guys flying around, so the importance of bringing back Dan Quinn to me, it's 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 up there. It's extremely high up there, and this guy has proved dividends for this Cowboys defense and his organization overall, and and the culture of your team, yeah, the entire team. We saw the entire team follow that swag that Dan Quinn came in with. Now it didn't get us to the Super Bowl, yeah. but you can you can just feel it from around the building, from through our training camp, and you're hearing like how the defense is playing and all that, and. You can attribute a lot of that to Dan Quinn. I think even Mike McCarthy got a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. knowing that he had a defensive coordinator who could really get the most out of his players on the other side of the ball. I think that also helped Mike McCarthy be better at his job as well. So it's huge that we got Dan Quinn back. Mm-hmm. Stay another couple years, my man, please. <laughs> let us let us be let the Cowboys be known for having a good defense. Let let that be something, right? Because we, I, when is the last time we've been known for that, right? It's always Long been time. offense. Always yeah. been offense. Let's oh, get yeah. the first round draft pick. Let's get Dez. We mm-hmm. got Rome. We got DeMarco. Now, now we got a team to where we we can get the defense rolling. So I'm I'm okay if we get a 2000 Ravens type defensive performance from from the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. I'm cool with that. And without further ado, <laughs> we got the legend. What's up? What's the up? The man, the myth, the legend, Will McClay. Joining the Players Lounge here down at the SWBC Studios. 
Thank you, Will, for stopping by to talk to me and uh, my boy McCray right there. Uh, on time. Right on time. Oh, I don't get it. What about it? 20 seconds off. Look like me that's, out that's, here. That's, that's, see, that's that's why that's why he is where he at right now. Okay? Exactly. So exactly. up early. <laughs> no, that's why I like y'all because y'all were on time, which made me be on time. There you go. There you go. What's up, Will, man? How you been? Good, man. Just got back from the Senior Bowl. Okay. Uh, a week of uh, Mobile, Alabama. That's mm. all I need to say. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I had a, uh, one of my old teammates, Kelvin Shepard. Is out there. He was coaching. Was he coaching linebackers? Yeah, he was coaching, coaching linebackers. linebackers. He's like he was having a hell of a time. He's out there in Detroit. Oh yeah, he's uh, a linebackers coach. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so okay. he looked like he was doing a good job out there, man. I, you know, so it's, it's mobile. So you got to look for the positives. This is true. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. yeah. All right, Will. So I ain't gonna hold you up too much, man. I just wanted to you know, pick your brain a little bit here. You know, going into you've been doing this for years now. Years now, scouting and then getting these picks in for these guys here at the Cowboys, and you've done an amazing job. I mean, from LVE to you know Parsons to you know Jalen Smith was. Out out there for a while doing a hell of work. We end up getting CD and Diggs. CD and Diggs. <laughs> I mean, your record's impeccable. So what goes through, you know, the process in an offseason, like yourself, going through scouting these players, getting them, you know, ready for the combine? Like, what what, what are you looking for in these players to come to Dallas and help this team out? At the end of the day, we what we really need to continue to improve on is getting those dogs. We need to get those guys at the time when it's time to make plays, to make those plays. And as you build a team, you continue to do that. But when it starts, when the season's over, we understand where our roster is. We go evaluate our roster. What kind of, what players are free agents? What holes are we going to have? That whole process. Do it that way to talk about where our team is. And the college scouts have been out since you know August going and looking at prospects. And so they've built all the reports, and we're continuing to find out about the players. And then we get to see them live, interview them, do all that stuff. That's what starts now is like – trying to find out what's on the inside. You know, we can watch the tape and find out kind of their abilities. Now what's more important is finding out what's on the inside. Can they learn? Do they have the right stuff? And then do they fit what we do? I got you. So just off off the topic a little bit, so I want to know how the the new college system is affecting how you think about players, right? Because you see guys – sitting out years, they might not play in the bowl game, they might be having a different mindset now because they might be making a little money before they even get to the league. I, I know else. I know. back in the past it's just like dudes is grinding so they can they can try to make some money for their family. They want to mm-hmm. make sure that they get that. And then now you got guys who are freshmen, freshmen going out there making a million dollars here, a million dollars there. So how does that affect how you look at a player, how much more research you have to do into to who they are as a person it's ever evolving. It's a you know you add that layer into it because like you guys said when we were coming up, it was ball and you know you had to do something to put food on the table. Now these guys are getting opportunities in college to do that. So what's going to be their motivation for playing ball? That's why you got to dig in and find out about them. And you know I always say it's about scouting and what we do. We're asking people about people and putting them into another environment with people. Well. Now you add the element of finances and what's in a dude's mindset, um, and it becomes more difficult. And so you really have to dig. You really got to call on. Like, it's important for me to have guys like you interact with some of the young guys because y'all are younger guys that – but are old heads that kind of understand the new and the young age. So it's it's trying to get that information and, and, and really dissect it as much as possible because it's really hard because – for example, we had this hard-line stance last year at the beginning of the process when you're thinking about guys who didn't play, guys who opted out. Well, now you got to find out what their why is. Why did they opt mm, out? Okay. okay, now you got to weigh some of that in with your thought press. And, there, and there's biases in everything we do. We try and overcome those and say, if we're going to look at this situation this way, let's make sure we look at the other situation with all the different variables you know, involved, too, to try and help us make a better decision. And, and it's crazy, too, because two of the best players – this season, did not play college yes. football. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Parsons and Chase did not play college football. Dude, that adds before. to it. That yeah. adds to it. And, you know, we go to, like, the Senior Bowl, and uh, agents are pulling players out after a couple of days. And that's been common, but it's just more so now because there are some guys that didn't play last year and had success. So other guys think they can do that. Well, you might not be those two guys. Everybody in always, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always remember that. All right, so I want to ask another one. Um, what is the evaluation of free agents? Like, because these past couple free agents that you guys have had, the, the Curses, the KZs, they've come here and they've balled out. I mean, Curse, you know, when he was in Minnesota, when he was in Detroit, he was more just a special teams guy, mm-hmm. came in here and did a couple defensive snaps here and there. You know, when you're evaluating guys like that, 
How did you how did you know that he was going to be able to come here and be kind of that standout safety, kind of be that guy in the back end? Yeah, and, and can you also add Parsons in there too? Because yeah. we also want to know, like, because when I, I wasn't here at that time when Parsons got drafted, and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, O line, all sorts of stuff. And then people saw it though, mm-hmm. like, so just kind of going well, to in regards to curse and and like pro free agents, college is projection. You know, you're mm-hmm. projecting these dudes in. When you go to pro free agents, it's more these guys are actually they're actually competing against NFL guys, and so you kind of look at the skill set. And for us, defensively and offensively, when you include players in there, that's where the the, the communication with coaches and stuff. Okay, what what's your vision for this player? Okay. What are you looking for? So then we go out and try and find the skill set, and there's evidence on that skill set on tape on NFL guys. You say okay. If we coach him right, we he can fit in this role. And I think with Dan and what we've done in the free agent parts, you got to feel for guys. Like, if both of you guys were free agents right now coming into the system, I would say, Danny McCray, boom, boom, boom. This is what he can do. This is what he can't do. Okay. Same thing with Barry Church. Coach, what are you looking for? Now these things fit, and it's – it's actual to me. It's, it's, it's easier when you go UFAs. Mm-hmm. It's actual from a skill set standpoint. Now, what you still have to kind of get wrap your mind around is who is the dude who you're bringing into the, the, to the locker room. His skill set's one thing. Now, who you're bringing in because mm-hmm. the culture of the locker room, the fit, all that other stuff. And then when it comes to Micah, as far as players, um, we I remember going through the, the draft meetings and you look at, okay, he can do this, he can do that, he can do this, uh, and all at a high level. But now – it's how are you going to use them? That's the key. You know, it's you say it's about. I always say it's about the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and the mm-hmm. O's. But you got to figure out where Jimmy and Joe go within your X's and O's, and that's where the coaching comes in. So, so with that, because you know I'm a Dan Quinn guy. Yeah, so, go ahead. so, 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 <laughs> in, in my mind, to me, I, I'm, I'm just thinking that Dan, Dan Quinn specifically, not not shots at other other coaches that have been here, specifically has an idea. Before you pick, like when you ask the guy, "Hey man, like where am I? Where, what am I going to do with him? What do I need him to do?" Like a curse, mm-hmm. and Dan Quinn, in his mind, has that. He knows exactly what that is, and it's set in stone. Like yeah, like I, I know exactly what I could do with a guy like that. Mm-hmm. That's right. It. Yes, that's it. it. And that's that's the key to it. The NFL now is so uh, there's so many roles and different players and the way people do it. You have to match defenses. Have to match offenses now. Yeah. So you look at the skill set and what a guy can do. But it's not just doing the one thing because you don't want a guy that can do one thing because the team will flip it around and exactly. put a guy in motion. Make him do. You got to be able to do two things. You got to be able to do it at a high level. Curse, for example, is able to cover tight ends. He's able to fit down in the box. He had the length and the physicality to be able to play in the box. There may be a guy who can cover tight ends but may not be big enough to fit in the box. Mm-hmm. So where does that fit within your defense and what you want to do? It's just so the NFL's become so role specific now and it's because you're taking players from a college environment that the college environment is starting to eke into the NFL, but it's still the NFL with a few wrinkles in it. But so you have to fit those pieces in. Hey, uh, we talked about the pro war earlier today, so just a quick tidbit on that. What do you if your player is in the Pro Bowl? Do you want them to go out there and play harder than what you're watching on TV? Because it was some tag offs. Like, I mean, it was. <laughs> but I'm saying, but, but is, is the risk worth the reward in your mind? It's not. But, well, for me, you want them to go out and see them play football every time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the old school in me. But there's also the reality of it as those contracts are not guaranteed. There's, there's different minds that, that go into. Uh, do I make that decision to hit somebody when it doesn't really count? Right. That's the tough part about it. Like, bro, like my AC joint was hurting two weeks ah. ago. I've been on the couch. <laughs> now you want me to go ahead and hit this dude? Because I, I, I do it. I'm watching the game and I'm like, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy y'all went out there and gave the, gave the fans something to actually watch. And then no some doubt. of the fans are watching like, what? What? And I'm like, yeah. But that's just like the NBA All-Star game. Okay, what do you want to do? You want to see scoring, you know, have fun. Right. That's the – it's the reward of the game. We don't want to see our players that we're counting on the next year get hurt, right. uh, you know, and not be able to help our team. But, you know, they, you're going to go out there, and now as a football player, old school style, I'm going to say, anytime I strap up, I'm going to give my best. Yeah. Yeah, it's, to, a, it's a little bit different. To you your know? quarterback out there on yeah. the offensive line, they don't yes. know he, he might not sacked. be here. <laughs> yes, yes. So I got a little, I got a little two parter for you here. Two parter. Part one, um, you know, how impressed were you with uh, Dan Quinn and you know his ability to 
basically turn this defense around and, and, and have them taking the football away almost as good as anybody in the National Football League. And in my second part, kind of a fun question, is this the best defensive line? That you've seen here? Because we've been a part of some good ones with D. Ware, you know, Hatch and, you know, Ratliff and all them guys. Is this one of the best defensive lines you've been a part of? Um, well, number one in, in regards to Dan and the mm -hmm. defensive staff putting it together. I mean, when we play football, we all want something to believe in, mm -hmm. um, you know. And so if I have a coach that shows me that I can be better, how he can make me better, there's a unique way that, you know, this season was a unique way to bring all that together. You had players that kind of felt that vibe and they were all working together. And hopefully you can build on that. That's the uniqueness of Dan. He can make you feel like and, and, and understand where you're coming from, your strengths and your weaknesses, mm -hmm. and be able to communicate that with you. And that's a unique skill set in today's day and age when everybody's being paid you know, in college, and hey, how do I, you know, how do I reach this dude? So, uh, you know, I think Dan and Mike do a great job with that, with trying to understand guys, so understand how to motivate them and get them to play. Uh, as far as the D line, I think we're building that. It's okay. nothing compared to you know some of those lines we had when you had Hatliff, Ratch, you know, Ratliff, Hatcher, uh, 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 Spears, Bowen, you know, Spence. You all those guys, that was a unique now these are young guys, dudes that are coming. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there are some elements, but it's hard to say which one was better because I know initially there were some guys now. Yeah, they had some dogs now. Yes, yes. Yeah, and you was on the team with them dudes, so when they when they call you and ask you I why would you make that, I just asked the that, that was not a Danny McCray question, okay? I just saw D Word the other day, yeah. all right, Hall of Fame guy. I did not. <laughs> that is not my question. That's not right. the question. Right. But hey. so Ellis, oh yeah. So I want to ask about my guy, okay? My guy, Lunda Wells. Yeah. Okay, because going into last year. I think it was last year, right? Blake, uh, Blake Jarwin mm -hmm. ends up getting hurt at the beginning, and then uh, Schultz comes in. He has a, to us, uh, from our perspective, had a rough game just because he had to step in. We thought the lights were a little bright, and we were down on him. Yeah, I was. And, I, ain't then, gonna, I was. I and, was. And then you see yeah. what he's been able to do at the end of last year, and then all of this year becoming one of those 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 staples yeah. for Dak Prescott, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I think a, a lot of times the tight end coaches. They get overlooked for being able to coach a guy mm -hmm. to be that good, right? So they might he might have the skill set already, but what we saw from Dalton Schultz was you started saying, "All right, what? Hey, Dak better find Schultz, <laughs> right?" Security blanket. When, when you got okay. a guy like Coop, when you got a guy like C.D. Lamb, and then Schultz is still able to make that type of noise within that offensive scheme. My man, Lunda Wells. Yeah, no question. It's Coach Wells. There's a standard that he has in the room, and he's going to hold everybody accountable to it. But then he has a way, again, of making guys better. Everybody that's in that room, they're pros. They're at the top of their game, but they always want to get better. So he finds little ways to make guys better, to drive and to make them you know, achieve their ceiling. He's going to challenge them in a way, and you got to be in that room, and it's got to be in you. And that's the thing about Dalton Schultz is – he was in the room with Jason Witten first. He learned yeah. how to be a pro from Witten, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, little Wittenisms in him, you know, and how he uh, uh, attacks the position and how he runs his room and all that. But then it's Coach Wells holding him accountable, teaching him he can get to a higher level. When a guy can get to a higher level than the next level, I'm going to believe in you, and I'm going to get the young guys on your side too because of what you've done for me. And that's what Wells has done in understanding the offensive line, being an offensive line coach, and then learning in the passing game, he's bringing an element to tight ends that's different than maybe they've received before, too. Okay. Yes, I, I think I had Lunda at LSU, so me and yeah, Lunda's my guy, man. Just just to see him be able to, because I think he, he was in, he went to New York, right, for yes. a minute, and yeah. he was maybe like a GA or something. No, but, he was he was a line coach. He, he had done some line coach, and uh, so I seen him, and then now just to be able to see, yeah, that's yeah. true. The glow, man. He, he just he, went from what, but I remember him being at LSU to what he is now, and the way he's able to affect these players. Because were you here when he was an intern? Here? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was intern here. Yeah, so he was. Oh, he was yeah, he was intern here, okay. yeah. Okay. And that was when I first, I yes. mean, you know, we, we was kind of coming up together at that time. Yeah. I got one more for you on my side. How how impressed were you? Because I know I was certainly impressed um, with the jump that Terrence Steele was able to make from year one to year two, you know, being that swing guy, being all over the offensive line. It seemed to me like he was able to hold his own for the most part this season. He struggled a little bit from here to there, but he's a growing player, a young player. He has time to develop. How impressed were you with his play uh, so far this season or this season? I mean, he, he did a, an incredible job coming back. 
uh, after he played his rookie year, played a lot of snaps his rookie yeah, he year. Did. He came back stronger. He came back more determined. Uh, and, and that's the unique part about him. He played both sides. And, yeah, it's not ideal. But at the end of the day, there's not enough – quality offensive linemen to yes. go around 32 NFL teams. People make mistakes drafting guys in the first round, the second round, and don't get the level of performance that we got from Steele. So that's exciting because it's just a, who the young man is. Like, he's determined. He's got a little nasty with him. He's long, he's athletic, and he got stronger. And, and he, he doesn't say a word. He's got that offensive line mentality, yeah. and he's got a – great veteran group to learn from when you watch uh, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and uh, LC you understand what it takes to be a pro and then you got to take it upon yourself as a young man which he did to come in his weight room and get stronger and do all the things it took uh, to, to, to play at a high level and I think he's going to be a, a surprising player for us young player for us as we continue to go forward I was converted I mean last year yeah. I was down on steel and I was like oh man That's you know I hope I hope do, it right because your confidence goes away all of a sudden and when you tough. start struggling like that, we've it's all tough. been through it. And then this year, just to see him, to know what he had to go through yeah. in order to get as good as yeah. he was this year, like people don't understand that, bro. Yeah. That's that's it's a tough. year of it. And then you also have to you have to be vulnerable enough to put yourself back out there and say, listen, I, I still might get beat, right? But I'm gonna trust the work yeah. that I did in the offseason, and it's gonna work. That's the dogs that we're yeah. trying yep. to find when we started the deal. I mean, it's guys like y'all. As you continue to grow, people might have ability, but you got to find out what's on the inside. You're not gonna know what's on the inside until you get to experience it with them. You know, you get to find out. You get to put them in the trenches. It doesn't matter. You get some guys drafted. I, I, I love this time of year because you got all these big draft boards and people mm -hmm. they don't know anything about that person we're trying to figure out about that person and see if they got the Terrence Steele or they got the Micah Parsons that kind of stuff and or the Danny McCray or the Barry Church that's the stuff that we're looking for that makes a difference does, does Drake does Drake have that because I know you don't like to listen to Drake do you like uh, Drake? <laughs> no I'm not uh, I, 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 got that, I got that more from Jay-Z you know when he's talking about you know coming from the struggle and how you not uh, lollipops oh yeah Oh, let no, him know. No, that's Lil Wayne. Okay, so 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 we do verses and we do verses. I'm Jay Z over Lil Wayne, and but he, you, he's but, not. Okay, I, but I think tell him why though. Tell him tell him why though. Because yeah. you, well, you cannot use the mixtapes and all that stuff. Your albums. Because what I said is, when Lil Wayne drops his mixtapes, he goes off other people's beats, and he also kind of steals a little part of what they were talking about in the song. You taking Jay the man's strengths? That's, that's his strengths. His mixtapes. That's, that's, that's you know some people you know got out of school by plagiarizing. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying. These get that's degrees. All, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yes. All right. Well, we go. We gonna let you slide up <laughs> no, out here. Hold on, wait, no, hold on. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And you know, I'm a 55 year old hip hop head. I will, you know, ride, ride or die with it. Um, Scarface, the best in the business. <laughs> oh, that's how you gonna leave us out like that. <laughs> You heard it here, man. I'm not gonna argue with. Listen, because I'm from Houston, so you know we should be. It's a, it's a thing, okay? A thing. Like you like Wiz and you like Nas. Yeah, this is true. Like, yeah, yeah, we, this we believe that Scarface is the guy. You real know quick, what I'm off subject. Real uh -oh, quick, uh -oh, yeah. real quick. Burrow or Herbert? Oh, Burrow. Oh, I mean, that's why, oh, that's why, that's why and, we, and, oh, and, and, and here's the got reason. that dog. Oh, <laughs> yes. that Wait. quarterback position that leads the whole thing. People want to follow Herbert because of his talent, and he's establishing that. Burrow came in a dog, got the dogs to follow him, and now look where they are in a place that you you wouldn't expect the Bengals to be because they don't mm. spend that money. They don't do that. And they've also been lucky, but he's got that dog in there. You get sacked nine times, don't, don't, you don't blink. Don't flinch. And, and your team, is they got your back because we're not going to say that they, they win specifically just because Joe Burrow, but the defense is playing harder because of Joe Burrow. It's the, it, the, the, there is a – that Prescott effect to Joe Burrow. When you get people to believe in you, yeah. no matter what, they're going to ride with you. That's and true. And that's what he's done. That's very true. You well, just crushed Yes, he just, he hurt, he just hurt my soul right there. <laughs> Herbert is Herbert, <laughs> extremely talented. He, he's extremely talented. Yeah. When he came out, that was the one thing. It was like, hey, where where is that at? And you see more of it than we saw in college. But Burrow, somehow, some way, has that thing. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, we're going we're gonna to take our next commercial break. This is the Players' Lounge. Thank you, Will, for stopping by. Brought to you by Hotels.com at the SWBC Studios. Thank you once again, Will. All right, Will. It's game day.
You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Back to the Players' Lounge. And we are back at the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com here at the SWBC Podcast Studio in the Star. It's your boy, Barry Church, the average box safety, with joined by me. Boy, joined. Oh, I can't even Ooh. talk. Joined. I sound like new y'all here. That's because Justin Herbert got you got Man, your up Will to hurt me. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined by the ultimate survivor, Danny McCray, but Will's words definitely uh, put a dagger. Mm-hmm. And put a dagger in my Herbert argument over Burrow. Because, I mean, the guy's been scouting, what, 25, 30 years now. Yep. So, man, <laughs> that, a, that hurt me right it's there. It's okay, man. bro. You can watch Joe Burrow on Sunday on all the <sighs> TV screens, wherever you want to watch. You watch it. You just watch him win Super Bowl MVP. And then I don't want to hear nothing about this year. But, uh, he, he will have the same number of Super Bowls as the great Aaron Rodgers. Just mm-hmm. tell him. Mm-hmm. Just tell him. Anyways, anyways, I didn't want to bring this up while we had Will over here uh, breaking things down for <laughs> us, but I got to get to the question. I got to ask you the question. I'm, I'm going to put my two cents in there as well, but I'm going to go with you first. Two guys that, you know, a lot of reports have been going around may be here, may not be here. Let's start with the guy on the offensive side of the football, and I think you know who I'm talking about. If you were ahead of all of this, if you're the guy in charge of bringing guys back, signing guys, all that good stuff, do you bring back number 19, Amari Cooper? I think I think the the thought that we have to go into it is kind of some similar to what Will said, right? When we talked about Dan Quinn and you talked about bringing Curse in and you said, hey, I see this guy. This is what this guy is going to do. This is what he can do. This is what he's good at, and this is how we're going to use him. Mm-hmm. These are the same conversations that you're going to have to have about Amari Cooper and how you plan to use him, okay? How we have been using him, I would not. I wouldn't pay 20 mil for it. For, for, for basically for what for last yes, year. For okay. last year. I would, if if we're going to use him that way, from what I saw on, on, on film and in the games, I would not pay 20 mil for okay. it. If you are going to make him the guy, that guy, right? You're going to find a way to always get him in one-on-ones, put him in the slot so so you can maximize his ability Devontae to run routes Adams and make those kids. If okay. you're going to do that, then absolutely I'll keep him. But I but I feel the same way about Zeke. <laughs> like if you're not going to use him to what for what he's good at, mm-hmm. punishing dudes or when you're wearing on them, so when they get to the end of the game, all of a sudden those those three and four yard runs turn into twenty, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna use his pass blocking ability, then I wouldn't pay him ninety million either. I got you. You know, but if but if you're gonna find a way to maximize these dudes' 
ability and potential, kind of kind of like a Dez Bryant is where I see okay. Amari Cooper. Not going up to get get the jump balls, but finding a way to get him in one on one. Target wise, right? And, I, and not just the not just the targets, right? Because all of a sudden you see Amari Cooper get three three four out routes and he got five targets and, and five kids. I'm talking about those big time ones, like okay. like DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, that that type of stuff. If you're gonna use them that way. Absolutely. If you're not and you're just going to draw up stuff and try to hit whoever's open, then it, it, it doesn't really make much sense. So if you're going by it that way, if it, you know, if he, like you said, if you're going by that last part where you're just drawing stuff up, his price tag is too high yes. at that point. Absolutely. You, you, you got you to gotta kind of let him rattle on that one because you're not using him, like you said, like, like a Devontae Adams type where we know, defenses know, going to, into, into Green Bay or when they play against Green Bay, Devontae Adams is that guy. But the Green Bay Packers know that as well. That defense is going to key on them. But they find ways to either put them in bunches, put them in motion, find some type of way. Three by one set, let him be the single receiver on that other side. They find ways to get him the football, and he's able to prove div- or dividends for their offense. Uh, but we just don't see that here with you know Amari Cooper. I don't know if it's you know the coaching staff don't they don't see him as that you know number one bona fide receiver. Or what the case may be, but they're not giving him the, they're not featuring him, you know, like a Devontae Adams, like a DeAndre Hopkins, like somebody along those lines. And I think he has the skill set, and I think he is, you know, of the caliber player of those guys. He can be one of those guys, but he just doesn't get the opportunities as far as big plays. Like, like you said, we'll see him on a couple hitch routes here and there, a couple slants. He might get an eight yard gain here and there, but. They're not drawing up plays for him to be that focal point of the offense, and I think you're right. If if, if he's coming back on a twenty million dollar you know price tag, then you you got to feature the guy. And if you don't, I think it's kind of a waste of money. The only thing that kind of I kind of fear or push back on is if we let Amari Cooper go, if we let him walk. You know what is that receiving core going to look like? What is this? Because because as much as I like C.D. Lamb, he's a Pro Bowl player, young emerging receiver. I don't know if he can hold his own, you know, by himself out there. I don't know if he can be the focal point of the offense. Defense is putting all their coverage on C.D. Lamb. I don't know if he's that guy just yet. So if you take Amari Cooper out, does that hinder your offense that much? I don't know. That's the only thing that scares me. I say that if you let him go, you're gonna to have to find you you know you fifteen sixteen million dollar guy that you could bring in. But like I said, if you're just drawing up the routes to get guys open, then you just yeah. need a guy who's able to know offenses and know know how to run. The, you know, if it's a zone, make sure you sit down. If it's man, make sure you keep running. You just need a guy who's technically sound, yeah, right? If you're gonna pay twenty million dollars for a guy, that has to be a guy who, when all technique and all that stuff is out the window, it's man, I'm going to beat you. I'm going yeah. to put you in position. I'm and we can keep looking. Dude's in the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase goes first round. Third and 23, third and 27. They going to him. Hey, man, it ain't about drawing up who's hey, – Jamar Chase is one-on-one. <laughs> All right? That's what we throwing the ball to. Back shoulder fade, and if we lose it, we're going to lose it knowing that we went to our number one guy. Like, look at L.A. Same situation. <laughs> you know, they're getting a zero blitz. Cooper Cup ain't even a part of the situation. He's just a clear-out route. Stafford drops back. Hey, I'm going to throw this up to my guy. And what happens? They get the rock. You know, they beat Tampa Bay. They go on to beat uh, – who they beat in the, in, the, in the NFC Championship game? San Fran. San Fran. They end up beating San Fran, and now they're in the Super Bowl. But they feature – they highlight their main guys. And, you know, that's just something if, – if we see it, if we are just sitting here in the podcast studio, we watch practice, we watch the games, if we can see that, I know these coaches have got to be able to do it. So – I, I'm kind of leaning towards they're kind of overthinking it or trying to be too perfect or too cute. Um, oh, if we draw this up like this, the defenses will focus up on it and they'll get him. There's no way this plan will work. Sometimes you just got to be like, look, man, our guy is better than your guy or our guy is better than the guys that are double covering him. Force feeding the ball. Sometimes it just got to be like that. Give give the man a chance to make the play. These dudes want to go out here and show that they are worth that price tag. Yeah. And it's and, I, and it gets to the point where it's unfair that we have that we come in we have to say oh, I don't know we should pay the dude and I don't believe it's his fault. Mm-hmm. I really don't believe it's his fault. I'm I'm a, I'm of the mindset of like allow him to show that he can. And yeah. then you can say, all right, he's not worth it. But I don't feel like he's getting those opportunities. Same with Zeke. Same CD Lamb was a first round pick, but I still don't think that they are utilizing his 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 skill set yeah. the correct way. All right, you seen him come out of the backfield one time. I think it was a a, a big game. Yeah. We, we ain't see it again. Ain't see it again. <laughs> jet sweep. He's a jet sweep guy. This is this is the who you should put in jet sweep. Amari Cooper should be running him every time his uh, man coverage. He should be crossing the field in motion because mm-hmm. what we know about the defender is. 
when they get motion, you can't press because he's because you, you gotta, gotta be, run oh, you gotta get all the way around be, oh. people. So you should, and this is what they do with Devontae Adams. Every time Devontae Adams come across the field, the receiver gets off, and you see him run an out route. You see him run a comeback. You mm-hmm. get to see him have that full route tree because he's not getting pressed. Yep. So I, I, I think there's simple ways to get it done. I'm no offensive coordinator, but I'm, I just haven't seen that be done. For a twenty million dollar guy, and then you you look at Amari Cooper, and he has the mind. I believe he has the mindset to to where he wants to be one of those top receivers. I mean, we look in the off season of last year. He came in saying, you know, I believe I have the skill set to be a top three receiver or one of the top receivers in the National Football League. He came out halfway through the season. I'm not getting the ball enough. I can help this team win if you give me the ball. And we know his type of personality. He's not a loud. You know, he, he's kind of the opposite. You know, of Des Bryant. Nothing against Des. He was a passionate guy about the about football and about getting the ball and and helping his team win. Amari Cooper, I think, is just as passionate, just in a different way. He's not as vocal as a Des Bryant, but we had him in, in midway through the season. I need to get the ball. I can help this offense win. So if we do decide to bring you know, Amari Cooper back for this offense, hopefully they feature him. Hopefully he's able to get those targets and get those passes that a lot of the top receivers um, have out there. And if he's able to do that, maybe he can turn it into one of the you know best seasons as a receiver. But if we just use him as you know a scheme guy or, you know, hey, just draw some stuff up, he he might be open there. He might not be open. Then twenty million is just too much for me. This 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 is why guys like Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown can get open because you just drawing up the you just yep. drawing up the play and we gonna hit the guy that's open. Okay, they playing cover three, so this is not gonna be open. So make sure you hit this dude. Nah, man. <laughs> nah, no sir. No sir. The dude I want. To be getting open is Amari Cooper. So they run in cover three. The dude who is running running whatever route to, for the weakness of cover three, whatever mm-hmm. trying to – he is – Amari Cooper is going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I just – yeah. But I th- – I think he has a skill set to do it, but it depends on how you are going to use use the guy. All right. Well, so we, we talked about the offensive. Now let's go on the defensive side of the football. And another guy that, you know, is still under contract, but, you know, there's a lot of reports going around. Will he be here? Will he not be here? And that's Demarcus Lawrence. Now we saw, you know, early on in his career, he had those two back-to-back seasons where I think he had 18 or 17 sacks on those franchise tags, got the big deal. Um it's still a hell of a player, but we just haven't seen the numbers as much as, you know, back before he had gotten the contract. Now, a lot of it had to do with injuries. I mean, I know he was injured last year. This year he had went through some things, missed eight games, I believe, to a broken foot. But when he came back, he was balling. I mean, he, he had a couple sacks, a lot of forced fumbles. He was just a terror out there as far as um, a defensive player. Now, his numbers might not indicate that. He not, he's not in the double-digit sacks or anything like that. But the guy was disruptive out there. Do you think – he, similar situation to Amari Cooper, high price tag. Do you think he is warranted that high price tag and coming back? I, I think his is different than Amari Cooper's because D- Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator. And I think if I, I, if you had Demarcus Lawrence for the full season and he was healthy, I think you would have saw those type of numbers. Even if it wasn't 15, 16 sacks, you would have said the, the, the offensive line, they have to come up with a game plan. Mm-hmm. To make sure that they know where number where uh, Demarcus Lawrence is at. Also, also, the secondary is getting better. And what yeah. we know, rush and cover work together. Yeah, okay, if do. you got a secondary who's taking the ball away, they they giving uh, the D line that extra half a second to get to the quarterback. Then the D line is going to to be more productive. They're going to mm-hmm. be able to get those sacks, get those those hands up so they can get some of those interceptions. And we saw that yeah, we throughout did. the season yeah, without uh, DeMarcus Lawrence there. And we know the type of talent that DeMarcus Lawrence is. So I'm saying give him a full year okay. with, with, with DQ and Aiden and then see what happens. Because I think if the dude is healthy – I think he's going to get back to that form of like, hey, man, this dude is a monster. and He's he's a force to be reckoned with. Now, he has. I'm not so sure the number on the price tag, but I know it's high. I it's know high. it's a high it's cap hit. So. Hey, hey, a rush is a high. This okay. is true. Rush you, is, you, the franchise tag for, for uh, Randy was like 18. Was like 18. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's up there. Hopefully they bring, you know, if you can bring back both back, hopefully. But I lean towards Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, I'd rather bring him back than an Amari Cooper. Just because the simple fact that, like you said, the coordinators – Dan Quinn's going to find a way to get Demarcus Lawrence productive out there. And if he's not out there putting up crazy numbers, he's at least opening things up for other people along the defensive line. The, the Gallimores, the Odigizuas, the, the Randy Gregorys, to have one-on-ones out there. Parsons as well. He, he benefits off of Demarcus Lawrence being out there so he can have the one-on-ones. So I'm definitely with bringing Demarcus Lawrence back, even though it's going to be a high cap hit, and at least letting him go out there and prove he's worth that value rather than just saying, all right, man, you, you know, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for your business, but uh, it's time to walk on. So I wouldn't want to do that. So I'm, I'm in the business of keeping Demarcus Lawrence. When it comes to Amari Cooper, 
I don't know, kind of 50-50 because I'm nervous of what that, that wide receiver core is going to look like without him. But with that high cap number and him not getting the targets or the attempts or the or the catches that he needs to kind of fulfill that number, it's, it's got me a little nervous. So I'm leaning towards D-Law over, uh, over Amari Cooper on this one. Yeah, same here. The same here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. But I just, you know, shout out to Kellen, man. Help, help my guys out, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Attempt to run because, because next week we're gonna have to have the same conversation about Zeke. Yeah. Like it's gonna be yeah, there, right? Because now you be. got TP, you got Zeke. You want to find out like what he still has left and all this other stuff. And I don't think the conversation should even have to be had if you do the correct thing with the guy. All right, he ain't. He's not Alvin Kamara. That's not. Yeah, that's, that's not. That's him. not the type of guy that he is going to be. But we know his skill set. We know what he can do, and we and we saw it this season. He did. We saw it this season when you gave him the opportunity, especially before he got hurt. Yeah. And then you know they, they just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. Like Amari Cooper made some noise. They gave him gave him the ball one game. It was a lot of out routes. He's like, here you go, here you go. All right, now, now get <laughs> oh, out of my face. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. All right, let me throw the said. Said four for ten. Said I'm going to say Said and show. Dalton shows the number one receiver. Is it? Hey, my bad show. <laughs> Not bad, man. You, you proved me all the way wrong. But all right, man. It's it's eleven oh four. Our time has come to an end. A lot longer than I thought we would go. Um, shout out to Will McClay for definitely stopping by the players' lounge and giving us his two cents on on his role in the offseason and how he evaluates players. Once again, I'm your average box safety, Barry Church. Brought or uh, here with my boy. I'm all over the place. Nui, you know what? You know what, Nui? I owe you an apology. Or an apology, because this is it's it's a little bang bang. Like it's a little harder than it looks. But I'm here with my boy, Danny McCray, the ultimate survivor. This has been the Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. We're here at the SWBC studio. We will see you next Monday, 10 a.m. Right? 10 a.m. Yep, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. We'll see you next Monday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!